0: Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for May 26th of 2017. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer of HockeyBuzz.com.
1: I'm Cameron Walsh from HockeyHertz.com.
0: Well, it is the morning after Game 7 double overtime where the Pittsburgh Penguins beat the Ottawa Senators and will face the Nashville Predators in a battle of gold. Lots of gold. (laughs) Um, Two, I think, great hockey markets, and two teams with some fun talent. I think this was a best case scenario for neutral fans. I don't think I'm too crazy saying that. And um, No, I, I think you're right there. I'm pretty excited for it.
1: Um, yeah, so am I. I mean, it's, it's a team that's loaded offensively against a team that's loaded defensively, and uh, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Nashville's forwards, but this is an extremely good, if not the best defensive corpse in the league in Nashville and it will be interesting to see how their players are deployed. This 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 lineup the Nashville's got is probably best equipped to handle Sydney Malcolm. You know what I mean?
0: Agreed. But they also need to
1: score suppose they haven't done that that easily through these playoffs,
0: have they? It hasn't been a highlight of theirs. Basically, what I see is a really unique matchup. You have some of the best centers in the world and great forward depth getting healthier because Hornquist was close to playing. Schultz did play. Um, Pittsburgh forwards versus Nashville defense. Well, Nashville's forwards, they do have some good forwards, don't get me wrong. Forsberg's amazing. Neal's good. Uh, But Pittsburgh's defense is not great. (laughs) (laughs) And then you have the goaltending, and uh, I think with Pittsburgh since the switch, and we'll talk more about it, I know Rene's probably the Conn Smythe favorite right now, but I don't think he's better than Matt Murray. It's so it's an intriguing you, matchup, and it should be you, back and forth. Yeah.
1: you could say that every year about the Stanley Cup. You know, in regards to last year, it was like all of the San Jose guys that had been, you know, had fallen short just to get to that point. Get there. This is intriguing for so many different reasons, strategically and uh, personality-wise, and the market of of Nashville will get a chance to show off. Um, to the national stage, what they're like as a, as a hockey market to shut all of Canada up. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be really really fun. I hope it goes seven. Not that my heart can probably handle seven games. I was watching this game seven at work on my phone whilst I was pretending to do my job. Um, but I missed Kunitz's first goal and I missed the overtime goal. All I saw was the team celebrating.
0: I don't watch the games anyway, so what's <laughs> um,
1: How awesome is Eric Carlson?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, um, I don't have the talent with words enough to describe my admiration for his play. He's, he's ridiculous. He's not a broken foot, for crying out loud. You wouldn't know He was the best player no. on the ice, always. Yep. And um, in overtime, he took a two-minute and 30-second shift, rested, and then took a minute and 42-second shift in the first overtime.
1: The thing that's amazing about that is I wonder how much of that he was skating at top speed and that he wasn't in regards to – how smart he is in regards to his uh, efficiency of movement. I mean, it's the, one of the things with, with, that was so awesome about Nick Lidstrom was he could go out there and have shifts like that, but you never saw him look as though he was working overly hard. He was just always in the right spot. And Carlson has that in him, but then it's when, he, when they get the puck and he knows he can go, he is gone. And it's amazing how quickly he can transition from being um, in his defensive zone to busting up the ice with the puck or on that off wing, flying down the ice to try and create a 3-on-2 or a 4-on-3 or something like that.
0: I um I think if Ottawa wins that game, he's the con Smythe favorite. Win or lose the final. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's how good I he was. Yeah, no, that's... I mean, that first yeah. goal. I can't tell you how clever and just deceiving that pass was to mark stone because he has all the mannerisms of i'm curling and i'm going to curl and drag this puck to get a shot through but mid curl he just pushes it slightly um flicks you know the blade to just get it into an open spot Um, that is high end um the casual fan unless you play it's tough to really understand how ridiculous that pass was. Because he makes it look so easy. Well, that that pass is the only
1: reason that Murray wasn't on his post.
0: <laughs> like, get out of here with that. <laughs> and it was 20 seconds after Pittsburgh got the important first goal. And, um, and then he's the one flat-footed, mind you, at the blue line. Just destroys the puck off the post. Like, yeah. that was a complete bomb that you would expect somebody skating with full speed across the blue line, wind up and take one. Nope, just getting a pass from down in the corner. I'm flat-footed. I'm just going to rip the shit out of this thing. And, um, yeah, the bounce off the post was a fortuitous, and it went right to, to Zingle, but he gets his shots through. They're hard. Murray fought off a few of his shots throughout the game. Um yeah, I'm going to miss not seeing him play for the rest of the way, but I, I, ultimately I think I'm content.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, let's look at it. You've got Subban, Yossi, Ekholm. Alice. Is what I'm, is what, Alice, that's the one I'm missing. Um, so it's not like we're going to be short on defensive options to, to watch as a as a pure fan of, of the sport.
0: Craig Anderson was amazing. He was. Um he, just the year he's had pretty remarkable run the Clark MacArthur story is awesome Ottawa had a lot of good stories it's just um, not aesthetically pleasing to watch I mean Clark himself said we're going to bore the fans out of the arena in game 7 and um, you know Ottawa played a game that was fit that script for a while low event hockey for a little bit and keeping that score down for as long as they did. And for they found a way when Pittsburgh got a goal. They got it right back.
1: If you were Ottawa and you were told you were going to end up in overtime in Game 7 away, you'll take that coin flip every day of the week from at the start of the year.
0: And I think even with Pittsburgh being considered, like betting-wise, a favorite, I think if you told them, or at least told me before the playoffs, hey, they're going to be an overtime Game 7 Eastern Conference, I'm taking that. No Letang, are you shitting me? Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I think both teams, for different reasons, yeah. are in the same boat with that.
1: Yep. No, I'm not going to argue that at all. I mean, uh, think
0: about that. Yeah. No Letang, that's huge. Schultz goes down, Hornquist, I mean, there. Are, everybody has injuries, but the Letang one, not playing a single game in the playoffs, that's that's big. And yeah playoff format well who's what division do you not want to be in with that Metro. <laughs> it, it's remarkable that they're in the Stanley Cup final and no they, they they got crushed by Washington but they got through it and here they are
1: I, it's really funny when I started to see you know I thought games five six and, and you know what I and what I saw of seven, you sit there and you go, this just feels like what happened to Washington. Oh, you know? I
0: did not have a good feeling about the game last night. I was going, um, tweeting back and forth with a few people, and it's just, this reeks of the Ottawa uh, blueprint. Yep. it was It was uncomfortable because some of those bounces that did not go in for Pittsburgh were ridiculous, especially some of the... Kessel ones in the first overtime, and Malkin, uh, off his foot, hit the post w- with no kicking motion, and you're just like, yeah, the table's set for this stupid ass goal, <laughs> bounce off I'm someone's at- rear end. I'm at
1: work, and my, the guy work, who sits next to me gets there, and goes, Are you okay? I said, no, it looks like we're about to get halaked and he's like, what do you mean? I said, "Oh, 2010. Guiley just destroyed two teams that his team should never have beaten. And that's the way it felt like with Anderson. He was pretty much getting to everything that he should have. Even those loose pucks that started bobbling around, he managed to find them and cover them up. And, you know, you could... I, I think the difference for this Pittsburgh team, as opposed to that 2010 team, ignore the guy and then at the other end, this team's mature enough not to get frustrated by the chances. They just seem to yep, no worries, go to the next play, try and do it again. So it was just, it was nerve-wracking to watch. Like, I've got to watch to the end of the third, and I've missed the uh, first overtime. I had to skip to the the second overtime just so I could get enough in to discuss all of this today. So,
0: And there was, first overtime was eventful. So
1: when we we'll discuss that,
0: it. I'll uh, help you out on that. But, um, you know, right out of the gate, Sid looked great. He was buzzing. Weird, though, he only played like six minutes a period. I thought that was strange.
1: Why would you not ride your horses,
0: you know, game
1: seven?
0: That's a you don't Sullivan, want to finish the game. Sullivan game. The usually tries to manage those minutes that way. That's, that's been the way um, he's done it. And it's worked. I would do things slightly. I, I here I am. It, it has worked, <laughs> but um, that's the problem. He he did do some nice things last night within the game. He's he, he doesn't usually change the lines frequently. Like Bilesma used to throw it in a blender once in a while. He noticed that um, Shiri and Kunitz were having great games. That was the fourth line with Cullen. They got promoted to Sid's line.
1: And what was what was great was that even though Gensel went down the lineup, he still had some grade A chances and set up a couple of grade A chances as well. So it's not like he dropped his bundle and was like all mopey about it. So, um, but yeah, that's not a bad read from a coach to to see that Shiri was flying and, and, uh, and looks Koonitz. like he's got
0: his, and Coonan.
1: Yeah, looks like uh, Shiri's got his hands back. So whatever was ailing him,
0: maybe it was Previously, thing. yeah. They alluded but, um, a little bit to that, but I don't like to highlight that stuff. I don't. I don't talk to them. I can't know for sure. So,
1: um Kunitz looked like oh no, Kunitz. Kunitz looked like the Kunitz that you and I have always liked. He just could finish a little bit better than he has in the last hundred days.
0: Well, the the Kunitz thing. He's taken a lot of unwarranted criticism the last couple of years. Yep. I. I do think he legitimately fell off the table at the halfway point this year where the criticism was actually legit. He he hasn't scored in 35 games until last night, just for kind of a perspective. But, um, boy, did he. He he scored twice. (laughs) And and had, had a helper on the power play goal and was the primary screen for that goal. He had a whale of a game.
1: Um, That was such a floater of a goal at Anderson, that game-winner, though.
0: Yeah, I I just posted my blog for the game. and Everything about that play was vintage, like 2013-14, when Kunit scored 35 goals. Yeah. Except in 2013-14, that that one-timer would have been wired off the crossbar, not a floater. (laughs) Because Sid Sid collecting that puck off the the end wall, he did a one-touch off of that that got around his – it was insanely good one of those underrated Crosby plays that you, if you're not looking for something it just doesn't look like he did anything and then Kunitz finds that soft spot that's in between uh, the faceoff dot and the hash marks where the defenders don't quite feel comfortable going up that high and the wingers don't feel comfortable enough on that strong side coming down low leaving their point it's a beautiful spot to be Then he got there and and floated it in
1: it's like he had a pitching wedge lobbing over the shoulder. That's
0: how it goes. That's that's the sport. No,
1: I know. It's, uh, I have to admit that the first two periods had a decent pace to it in regards to how the game was played. Um, I'm still driven nuts by the fact that players are allowed to just drape themselves all over other players. Both ways.
0: Yeah, it was, in game it, was, it was prison rules. It was it was stupid.
1: It, it's ridiculous. Um, you you nullify you nullify talent being able to to amaze you and do amazing things, all for the fear factor of influencing the game. And we go over this all the time. So it's it's frustrating to watch. So cross your fingers that whoever's left of those guys in the stripes that treat the Stanley cup a little differently than what we've seen so far, but I'm not holding one's breath.
0: They were missing high sticks that are usually obvious. They were missing too many men on the ice. It wasn't just the normal holding. They, I thought they did a terrible job, but that's, that's nothing new.
1: No, this is very true.
0: It is what it is. And I hate saying it on this topic.
1: So, a lot of Anaheim players were playing with busted shoulders. Still wasn't enough. Well, there was enough for the Predators to sneak their way through.
0: Yeah, Vatnin and Lindholm are going to be out six months apiece. Right? Something I think there.
1: so. Well, someone's six, the other one might be four. One's got a really bad
0: one. I just can't remember which which one it is. Yeah, that's um. I thought they played pretty good in that game six too.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: And I guess that's the that's the thing. Pittsburgh first series didn't really control play at all, but Columbus doesn't have the talent or as much talent as Pittsburgh. Well, golly also played sub 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 Paul. Um, Washington did play really well, and the sport of hockey did its thing, <laughs> and they got through that. The Ottawa series, Pittsburgh started to progressively play better and better and better, and I think heading into the Stanley Cup final, they'll be the healthiest they've been, and if you watch what the Ducks did to Nashville in Game 6, post Johansson, there's reason for optimism for Pittsburgh even against Nashville now that I wouldn't have had maybe if Johansson was healthy
1: because even if they do get that's a, back up, loss. Like, that's a big loss it is. it is no matter what you say about Johansson you still have to treat him as a number I think he is a number one center but you do have to treat him as a number one center and, and show him that, that respect it, it's a little bit easier that you don't have someone like that out there now that you have to worry about
0: even Mike Fisher, who cares? Okay, go up against Sid. Go up no, against I, Gino. Good luck.
1: Yep. I know, I know. And this, this is where this is where this matchup becomes so fascinating. Now, not that you you want to sit, like it would be great if both teams had their full complement of players and they could pick and choose. But even if they were f- fully stocked, it would still be a fascinating um, contrast and battle of. Different rosters, not so much different styles for me, but also just the way the teams are constructed. Their, their strengths are polar opposites in regards to where they lie uh, on the roster.
0: Yeah, and I kind of wrote about that last year with San Jose it was a little bit, and but it wasn't to this extreme. Like I thought Pittsburgh had better forward depth. San Jose had better defense depth. And the goalies were both playing well, but th- this is this even takes it more to that extreme. So, well, Nashville's best players are on their back end.
1: Like I, I would put, I would put Alice Subban, Forsberg, really, reel off another couple of defense, but then you could go Johansson, and, and then you look at Pittsburgh, and it's basically. Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, Gensel,
0: Schultz. Like che- these are the active. Sherry might be uh, yeah. back. You, you said it, That's so huge. You said Him rising from the dead is huge.
1: <laughs> so if you look at the way the two rosters balance out, it, it's like all the, all the top-end, high-quality skill for Pittsburgh is on their front end, and for Nashville, it's on their back end. So <laughs> it, it's going to be fascinating to see whether this, this series goes according to home ice due to matchups or whether it's done what Pittsburgh have had all through their playoff run which is just a mishmash of wins and losses the whole way through
0: I mean I know Colton Sissons is clearly a hero of game seven uh, yeah. with the, with the hat trick but one he's not going to shoot against Jonathan eh? <laughs> you know and yep. I'm looking at regular season and 0.83 points per 60 <laughs> in 58 games, so what, is he their number one center right now? And that's where it starts to hurt, doesn't it? I think so. Is, is, this,
1: is the assumption that Fish is done as well, or is it just... No,
0: I think he's working his way back. He hasn't been yeah. cleared yet, but I think you'll see him in the series at some point. Yeah. And then you got the that's... old uh, Swedish battle. Old Forsberg versus New Forsberg and Arvidsson. <laughs> which will be, I think Patrick Hornquist will be back by Monday. So, yeah. I'm still in disbelief over this. So am I.
1: Uh, it's, I, don't, I it's it's, really funny. You can get there and, and talk about, you know, the the skaters that are on the ice. But... Um, Pekka-René has slowly started to come back down to normal Pekka-René numbers. If you have a look at series-to-series, that could get concerning for the Predators because Pittsburgh are the most talented shooters as a group total that René will have to face.
0: I'm not a big fan of, well, René's career versus Pittsburgh, but... um
1: no I, I saw that I, I, yeah really?
0: he's in the 800s and let's be honest some of the better shooters are carrying over <laughs> they're still there and, yeah um, that could be a problem yep um, I
1: do wonder whether this just comes down to who gets the best medium to hide the most volume of medium to high danger chances
0: will win this. Well, I mean, that's usually the case. Most times. Because you'd, you'd back Murray over Rene right now, wouldn't you? Yeah, there's very few I'd take over Murray, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, he's not the best. I'm not saying that. But his Ottawa series was... Remarkably awesome for being off for weeks. Anar. So game three comes in right at the beginning when Flurry just crumbles. Nine fifty in game three. Nine twenty three in game four. Shutout game five. Nine thirty three game six in a losing cause. Nine thirty one last night. Overall nine forty six since he's come in. All situations. Not not even strength. All situations.
1: His consistency is amazing,
0: and that's what I want.
1: Yeah, I know. And it's it's it, it becomes more and more valuable the deeper and deeper you go into a platform because the team knows what they're going to get in front of them.
0: I don't think he – last night I'm watching the first overtime. Ottawa didn't get a shot until 9.46 left in that period, and it was from the slot wide open. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Can you imagine being him in that spot? You're just kind of chilling – <laughs> Phil, Kessel, Phil Kessel's doing his thing. You you like almost win the game four or five times. Oh shit. I think it was Kyle Turris. Just on a drop pass, the, the slot was open and it, boom. Right at you. Like okay, this is the season. Hope you're ready. And um man, to play that position, not easy.
1: No, uh, goalie is not a position I would like to play.
0: And weirdly enough, there's a Twitter account called Stat Center. Centre spelled the Canadian and I suppose the Australian way, right? Yep. Okay. The wrong way. And <laughs> should he start game one, Matt Murray will become the second goalie to start multiple Stanley Cup finals while still a rookie. The other one, Jacques Plant in nineteen fifty three to fifty five. He's still a rookie. He's starting to Stanley Cup Finals in a row. That's crazy. Bad news, Matt. This doesn't happen every year.
1: So the thing that I find uh, amusing is that the guy that, if Pittsburgh go far enough through win the whole thing, he still won't have the most amount of wins out of the pair of them to win it. It'll be nine. It'll be nine seven.
0: <laughs> Flurry had nine, right? Yeah, and you just you sit there well, and Flurry did a great job. He held it he down, um, bought time. The coach went with him until he didn't have a great outing. And Murray is the starter of this team. And when that door opened, like it or lump it, um, for people that want Flurry, and that he's not the starter, and clearly. There's plenty of evidence to back that up, even in the most recent small sample. I think. Um, oh.
1: The thing that the thing that frustrates me is that. Um,
0: I think Pensburg had a tweet, just now. Um, the last 310 minutes, both goalies have played. It, it ended up working out that that way. Um, Murray 310. Flurry three fifteen, Murray's nine forty six and Flurry's nine zero three. So like, come on.
1: And you have a look at how Flurry got to that nine zero three: couple of ridiculously good games and a couple
0: of punishing ones. Just give me the steady dude. Yeah, always. If, if Penguins got really fortunate that Flurry had his good his his. Dr. Jekyll on and not Mr. Hyde in <laughs> um, yeah, the Washington so that's, series.
1: That was so great. Mouth,
0: yeah. But, um, you know, unfortunately, his last outing, hypothetically, would be that dud. That, uh... But that's the way it goes at that position, I suppose. Exactly. So, what side have
1: you made for me lightly?
0: Yeah, and you know what? <clears throat> you got Sullivan, uh, I don't know how many coaches would make the move back to Murray. I think it was obvious. It's just that the way this sport goes, it, it isn't obvious to a lot of people. And he went with it. He knows who his starter is, and he deserves credit.
1: It's it's interesting in regards to, you know, the media were saying it was a courageous decision to, to move away from Fleury, but it's like, I know Fleury's been a fantastic story up to that point, right? And theoretically, you go back to Fleury because you've ridden him this far into the playoffs. But like you said, you know, five minutes ago, Fleury's not Sullivan's starter. Fleury might be, I don't know, the vocal fans' starter. But it was perfectly obvious at the start of the year that he wanted Murray to be the guy. Murray's been his guy basically as soon as he could be, um, and, and that's the way it's always gone. So I don't think it was, you know, a whole, that courageous. He doesn't have to defend. You know, he did a reasonably good job of defending the decision publicly. But
0: like you yeah, said, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm making decisions based on what gives our team a best chance to win. That's all that needs to be said. Yeah. Yeah, that is what he said.
1: Like he, I think he, I remember him getting there and saying, "Oh, you know, as a coaching staff, it was a long discussion. It was a difficult discussion to have." I legitimately don't think that was the case. <laughs> probably I think, not. I think he's just gone. All right, here's our chance to switch back over to Murray. Let's do it.
0: The, the lion's share of that conversation was probably how do we communicate this to Mark. Yeah, and that's that's that would be the hard part. Obviously. That would be a difficult part because that's that's that isn't easy. All right, that's the human element
1: of the professional I, sport. I've
0: been on that side of it as a coach. It's not fun. Or I did have a goalie tandem, and they were very close, it, close in talent wise. And yeah, it, it was never. There wasn't a science to it, you know. I think in that's this case the talent gap is there. Uh, well, it is. And the
1: results gap is there too. I think for me that's the other thing. Like The results gap is, is there. You can see it in the numbers. It's like, yep. Can't really argue the fact that Murray should be the starter.
0: So, I don't know. I think that's... I don't have too much more to add on that front. We'll, we'll deal with the expansion stuff uh, in, a, in a bit not today but future um, I think one of the storylines that I'm going to enjoy heading into the Stanley Cup final is that somehow the Penguins will have turned Blackhawk fans into Predator fans uh, <laughs> well there's a couple of legacies on the line here and a couple
1: of those legacies aren't even playing
0: Oh, those Taves narratives! Yeah. Everything was team-based success. Oh, what if the Penguins tie them in cups? Then magically we go to the tiebreaker. That Crosby and Malkin are way better. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. Yeah, it's it is one of
1: those things where I, I want it to sort of happen because, well, yeah, it just blows all of that garbage out of the water and like, like you've said on the podcast before, Jonathan Taves is a good player in his own right it's not his fault the media have made out that he is greater than he is you know that, that's, it's not a um, it's not to diminish what Taves has done it's the fact that people have over exaggerated what Taves is as a player
0: but that whole argument is
1: three cups. Mm. Well, <laughs>
0: How's that go? Exactly. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, let's be honest, Malkin's leading the con Smythe push, leading the playoffs in points. If he gets a second one, he's in very rare company.
1: He is, but he's still not one of the 100 greatest players.
0: 101. Actually, the Penguins' Twitter account <laughs> threw that out there. I was, I was proud of him for that one. <laughs> so, you know, it's not even a Crosby-Taves argument at that point. Malkin is better than him, but nobody, you know, tries to die on that hill.
1: Well, it's, it's funny. It's the Ovechkin-Crosby thing as well. Malcolm always seems to be the odd one out in amongst it, and I think he loves that fact. Just let Sid do all of that stuff, and I'll go ahead and just win another consmise. Right,
0: I mean, he's he's the favourite for that team, right? I, I would think so. I mean, unless Sid
1: passes him in points, which would mean he's had a blowout series. If yes. Sid
0: passes him in points, I can't see how that's they lose to the Predators. No, that's, that's
1: kind of my point. Like it's, you get there and go, if the Predators win and Malcolm manages to get to 30 points, which would be one of how many seasons has has the leading scorer of the NHL got to 30 points in the playoff run? Geno and Sid did it back in 09.
0: I think those are the last two.
1: Yeah. So they were 08 and 09. Um, They, they did that.
0: Um, you know, kind of speaking of going back to um, that that team in that era, early parts of the Crosby-Malkin era, Penguins are the first team since then to go to back-to-back finals. Detroit also part of that because they it was a rematch. Yeah. Chicago for all their great teams, LA for all their great teams, they flip-flopped going to the finals. This is new. No one's... It's not easy. It just goes to show what a marvelous run it's been to have the luck fall your way to get there. Because this team's yeah, better yeah. than some of these other teams that failed to get back to back.
1: No, not this particular one. No, and,
0: and this isn't a product of a cakewalk. Uh, oh, well, they the the bracket fell their way. Uh, no, it fucking didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I find it super impressive to go back to back and to win back to back titles It hasn't happened since the red wings of 97 98 i thought they were 96 97 you're 96 right, was colorado the time. Yeah. 96 cam yeah i was uh, having I flashbacks in 96 last night yeah so was fucking i Fucking florida fucking panthers <laughs> they're dog shit Prison rule, clutch and grab, horse shit.
1: So this is this is the thing. This you know how
0: you, like we were lamenting the
1: fact that Johansson's not playing and and you know Fisher's not not playing. So the the center depth of of the Predators is just torn to shreds, right? I, I stand by this. This year's playoffs have had more players playing through injury or not being able to play because of injury purely because of the amount of garbage everybody's having to skate through. And it's getting worse. I think Schultz played with
0: broken ribs last night.
1: Yeah. And and I mean, that, that hit that gave him those broken ribs, that was interference. I'm sorry, that's interference every day of the week in the regular season. But it's the playoffs. No, it's not. And it only takes calling a couple of penalties at the start of a game for the players to either adjust... Or you just keep giving the power
0: plays. Well, they they did give a, a slashing penalty to Scott Wilson, and it was a mild slash in the grand scheme of things. And I tweeted out, that's absolutely the right call, despite yeah. NBC's attempt to vomit all over themselves every time they open their mouths on that broadcast, complaining about it. And that should be called. The problem, of course, as we come to find out, I think there were three power plays total that game, and there was just criminal (laughs) stuff going on that goes uncalled i get that part of it but i'm not upset that that slash was called i'm upset that two minutes later eric carlson can have his free hand over Sidney crosby's shoulder and tugging on him and that's not called
1: or mark mathot basically just gets a piggyback from crosby every time crosby goes down below the goal line i know precisely yeah, I know Crosby can handle it, but that's not the argument. The argument's not, oh, he can skate through it, don't call it. The argument is Methot's not good enough to allow Sid space without holding on to him. That's a penalty.
0: Not last So,
1: <laughs> I just, this is the thing, like, it happened the same way. Like, Pittsburgh was doing the same sorts of things. It just takes away from the skill level of the teams, and Players get, you know, tight groins, tight bodies, pull muscles, all those sorts of things that come from being dragged down all the time. And you get to the end and it's like, who's left? Who's got the most amount of skilled players left to be able to do anything at the end of the, you know, at the cup finals who are healthy? And I don't think that's what the product should be on the ice. You should be wanting to have all the skill, as, as much skill as you possibly can, on the ice for those potential last seven games of the year to showcase why this sport is the best sport in the world.
0: I'm excited for this matchup, but let's be honest: Cavs Warriors in the NBA is way better.
1: <laughs> uh, it's really funny. You know, I got a few NBA fans at work, and their complaint is the playoffs have been boring
0: because you wait up until now. leading to this,
1: Le- it's, leading it's, to this.
0: Yeah, I. There are complaints about how the NBA star-based system uh, hockey. There's 18 skaters a night, and they all play relatively comparable minutes. Where NBA, you got five starters, and they play the lion's share of the game. Um, it's in basketball. Throwing a ball is you're 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 always under more control than trying to pass a puck and bouncing and all that stuff but their their talent shines through their best can be best
1: you're not given that chance in this league that's the problem I have with the NHL
0: so yeah I get it sometimes there's early rounds in basketball that you know it's not really worth watching but as far as the finals go I mean it doesn't get much better than what the NBA's got this year no that's right I
1: mean, like, who, did Chicago win the West?
0: Chicago. All right, so who? theoretically, Chicago who Blackhawks? Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, so I mean, th- theoretically, if you look at it, if you actually valued the whole point of the regular season, Chicago and Washington should have made at least the conference finals. And the playoffs are not set up for that. And the way the playoffs are called are not set up for that. They're set up for upsets on the way through. I actually expected
0: Nashville to get this far. You did. I expected Minnesota to knock them off. (laughs) Well, Jake Allen, Jesus. But I did pick Nashville to beat Chicago. Well, congratulations, Chicago, on um, being the number one seed. Here's Nashville, and that's not a hindsight thing. Going into that series, following the underlying numbers, you knew Chicago would have their hands full more than a number one seed should. Yeah. Uh, well, we both know the solution to that, but
1: it's false parity. I think for me that frustrates me. There's no there's no great reward for going balls out to try and be the best team in the league because you just don't get that reward when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, you have a look at the Capitals over the last 10 years. Their reward for their reward for being that great is always bumping into, you know, high-quality teams earlier in the playoffs than they should.
0: Especially now. Yeah. It didn't always used to be this way. The year that they lost to Pittsburgh in 09, it wasn't because the playoff system was complete rubbish. That's just the way it fell. This year, year it was a collision course from the get-go. You know? Yeah.
1: Well, even still, if you look at the West, it, it should have been Chicago, Minnesota. And they were number one and number two in the West. It's the same thing,
0: basically. Yeah, the Pacific was rubbish. The Ducks wouldn't have been in the conference final if they were on the other side of that.
1: So, I don't know. It's it, it, it frust- I've said this before, and I'm sure I'll say it again. I love this sport. I hate the way the NHL runs it.
0: Yeah, well, that's what our podcast is for, to bitch.
1: Yeah, i tell you what I need to, otherwise i drive drop my wife nuts.
0: <laughs> Something I don't bitch about, or I do, I did when the Predators won. Mike Fisher gets out there, Bill Daly's out there, what don't they do?
1: Yeah, I don't understand that. Sid's touched it, they win every time he does. <laughs> well,
0: Sid is a goofy, superstitious guy. Creature of habit. Like, he's into all that stuff. Whatever, that's his thing. He did not touch it, the 08 final that the And six, he said and the race and he touched it, yep. So they won, touch it again, they won, touch it again. Touching it has no impact whatsoever. <laughs> That's the whole no. point. Take the motherfucking trophy and go have fun and celebrate. It's a great accomplishment. Oh, well, the job's not done. Well, no fucking shit. That isn't lost on anybody. Get the fuck out of here with that lame-ass take
1: like, what's the point of if you can't enjoy it along the way? What's uh, the point? can't believe
0: like, you if you act mean, like a fucking human,
1: if you can't, if you can't enjoy it for that night and party hard within reason, so you can recover and get all right for game one, you, you know, I know you you want to get to the Stanley Cup and win the bloody thing, but you, you've got to enjoy your successes, you've got to enjoy yeah, your victories. Yeah, you're conceding that you're
0: done trying. No, <laughs> like. Oh, man. Can you believe the mindset of some of these people? Yeah, I know. I just, yeah. What a stupid hockey tradition among many. But, yeah, good for the Penguins that they lost in 08 because now they get to have fun when they win the... um, Yeah. They bring it into the room. Who knows what they do with it, but who cares? You you can see the smiles. Um, Does it end up in Lemieux's pool? I don't... I don't think so, but... Nope. <laughs> Mario picked it up both times. Don't know what Sid was thinking in L8 then. But that's the thing. Like, you have multiple examples now. This isn't no, some know. weird probability thing that's just, oh, anybody who's touched, it's lost. It's like, no. All four of Pittsburgh's Cups, they did it. There's other examples of it, too. Like, Whatever. I didn't mean to have that intense of a take on it. I just <laughs> it bothers me every year that the the teams that just leave it there. It's like this is so stupid. Uh, you need to you need to enjoy. I, people make fun of the baseball celebrations, like when they win a series and they go nuts, and it's like good. That's fun.
1: The thing that I find funny with that is they play 162 games to get to a wildcard playoff and then they just play a five-game series to try and get to the divisional finals. And I'm like, I don't blame them for celebrating as hard as they do because teams often don't go back for, like, you look at the Pirates, just as a uh, an example. It's like you get there, you might not go back there due to the financial situation of that sport. So party your ass off.
0: Yeah, I don't like baseball's current setup. Love the wild card. Love having an, a few extra teams in there. But you got a 162-game sample boiled down to a one-off playoff. That's so, ugh, I hate it. And baseball yeah. more so than other sports. What's your pitching rotation looking like for that game? Is your stud starter available? Is he not? Like The better teams don't always win in baseball, even worse so than hockey. I remember going through playoffs for hockey, sectional playoffs. It, w- it was one and done for high school. You lose your out like it is for college hockey. I was never as nervous for hockey as I was when I was playing high school baseball. And we had four great pitchers. Like, he, ugh, any given day a stupid pitcher can have a lights out. It's kind of like a goalie thing. Yeah, 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 yeah but even worse in my opinion so
1: (laughs) okay what's what's the larger voodoo goalie voodoo or pitching
0: voodoo probably goalie because pitching is very controlled like you have total control over what you're doing as a goalie you're reacting to what's around who knows knows what bounces Like if a pitcher hangs a curveball who, who, who who you blaming
1: uh
0: God? <laughs> Not the third baseman, put it that way. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Do you have a pick for Game set For Game 7. Do you have a pick for the cup? Do you want to lean home per- style?
0: Gold. The gold team will win. Oh, fence-sitter. No, fence-sitter. I'm... Deal with that. I'm, it's up your ass. As somebody who's been skeptical of this Penguins run, and I think I had plenty of evidence to be skeptical, I think they're playing better as we go, and I'm going to take Pittsburgh's forwards and Murray over Nashville's defense and Renee.
1: So, just on that last point you made in regards to their playing better, right? So, they got outpossessed round one,
0: round two, they run the possession. On a trapping team, they did well.
1: Yeah, so they've, they've won one round, right? They win the second round. It's a 50-50 split in regards to the way the possession thing's traveled. And they're definitely playing better in that regards than they have for quite some time.
0: And they've, so, they have not struggled at all generating scoring chances throughout. Now, they may give up a lot, but they still generate quite a bit. So yeah. it's more high-event hockey. It's not low and event. I, like they're not generate. They're losing the battle and they're not generating. It's either they're going to win it, straight out win the battle, and if they're going to lose the battle, it's going to be high event.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things. I mean, I don't. They're not going to win the possession battle well enough in this series to have them get close to a fifty percent coursey for the entire playoffs. But if they come away in this series with a fifty three, fifty two. Coursey four percentage, just on raw shot volume. I, I think I, I think they'll do well because even when they weren't getting shot volume, they were still getting high danger chances. So
0: Well, you know if, it's not like Nashville's running away. They're a fifty one point oh three possession team in the playoffs. Yep. Pittsburgh's fifteenth right now at forty six point forty seven, but as I've said, the Ottawa series they have shown a little bit better and you know something that I didn't talk about well we have talked about last podcast Pittsburgh did a marvelous job of extending their offensive zone st- uh, time with the pinching and they were doing a lot yeah. of that last night and Daly was especially good at it Hey he's small sample oh, this Great. This. wow Yeah jump wow he's he he's looking like he did when he first arrived he had a miserable year. There's just no way around it. But he's he's been good. Mata uh, he had an adventure last night.
1: It's but, he's a, but, he's weird that boy weird. He is. I don't know. I don't know whether he's going to be good value on that contract or whether he's going to need to be traded because of that contract. It's Some guys are looking at you, and you go, okay, cool. Uh, you, know, s-
0: you know where I fall on that one.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, know.
0: I, I would still look to move him. Oh, I, I agree. Uh, out, but, but I do think that Pittsburgh, well, here's the problem, I guess. You can pinch on Ottawa because their D can't handle the puck outside of one superhuman. Nashville's going to have a little bit of poise. You may not be able to, like when you're forechecking them, they will be able to alleviate that pressure through smart passing and, and positioning and maintain control. Whereas Ottawa, you get F1 in there and you forecheck them inside out towards the wall, which Pittsburgh did a lot. They'll just blindly throw it up the wall and Daly screams on down, keeps it in, and then the he forwards says, do their thing.
1: It's one of those things, though. If you are going to have daily do exactly that, you just have to ask your your high forward, so your your F three, to to back. You have to you have to de- demand that they get across they the did. blue line checked. Did. So even with and you're right. You look at the defenseman on, like not so much the bottom pairing, but the top two pairings of, of Nashville who will play, so much of the game anyway. Um, even if they are good enough to, to skate out um, to create a, a good passing lane, that aggressiveness, none of the teams Nashville have played have had that aggressiveness to be able to do it. Anaheim was, was close ish, and then that was one of the reasons why they generated so many shots in a few of their games. So they might be susceptible to an aggressive forecheck that Pittsburgh can definitely put on them.
0: But that's the battle forwards versus defense hey, and, if they get, and if they get past, uh, they're off to
1: the races
0: nice benefit Pittsburgh might have is I really doubt the Predators are going to be running a 1-3-1 one, one. they will earn more controlled zone entries which they won't have to rely on pinching to keep zone time alive as much because they were um, Ottawa was forcing a lot of dump ins and I was not very pleased at the beginning of last night the dump-ins were without purpose, you know, like blind I dumpins. I get be- so mad at my players when they do that. I hate dumpins as it is. They know that. But I'm like, if you're <laughs> going to do it, try your damnedest to have it be an indirect pass for yourself or somebody else. And that just wasn't happening. They, they were just ripping it around, Craig Anderson stopping it, Carlson breaking it out, rinse, repeat. And that plays right into the the one three one trap.
1: Well, you're just giving them the puck back. That's the problem with that entire process. But,
0: but they did get better at that, so. Hmm. Well. Any other... Um, I guess you got hornquist Neil. That's That should be interesting. Little subplot. Well, it's the ultimate test of that trade, is it not? Trade was fine for both teams. Outside of Spallling. I was going to say, it would have been finer with a draft pick. jeez. second rounder um, that they could have got, yeah.
1: Yeah, look, it's, it's yeah, it, it is. There are going to be some cool storylines. I mean, it'll be interesting to see which pair they match up against Crosby, which pair they match up against Melkin, and who wins that battle, I suppose.
0: Subban's been taking the best. I assume he'll get Sid. That pairing's you know been the best pairing. Subban's their best oh, okay. defenseman.
1: I would use them against Melkin to be perfectly... Hang, is that Subban and Ellis? Or is it Subban and Ekron?
0: Uh, I honestly can't... I don't know. I, I think Cork has been offline for the last week and a half.
1: Yeah, I would try and keep I would try and keep Ellis away from Malkin if I could.
0: Okay. And
1: I know that, Why is that he's... I know that Alice's size hasn't affected him yet, but if there's anybody that could, it would be someone like Gino who could make the most of the size difference.
0: Gino is going to beat up on everybody.
1: I realize that, but if I'm Nashville, I don't want him beating up on Alice.
0: Ekholm Suban. Yeah, so I'd
1: play those two against Malcolm, and I'd play i Alice will be honest against.
0: with you. A little bit surprising here so <clears throat> Suban home 53.93 percent so far well mind you this is the the most recent information i can gather from corsica because i think manny was doing some site maintenance and had to take it off lately oh that's right. yeah um so thank you manny for putting this together i'm not trying to criticize the site um it's just that I don't have the most up to date information, but fifty three point nine three is their possession, Echo and Suban. Ellis and Yossi, forty five point five eight, and they have not been getting the tougher matchups. Suban has been taking on the, the Taves, the Getzlaff, and um,
1: Yeah, he's been given the highest Tarasenko. His,
0: that pairing has been given the highest. So that is the You're right. Alice and Malkin. Good luck.
1: Yeah, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. Well, it's, it's really funny, you know, like, I, I rate Alice as a defender, but when you're not watching those games all the time, it's hard to get a feel of the stuff that Alice is doing that's not the goal scoring that you can either be uh, happy with or a little concerned with, and that's the, that's the tough one for me, it's. You have to watch the game. Like, you can look at the numbers all you like, but you need to see what is it about those shifts that Alice is taking that's having him be on the wrong side of, of the possession battle. And
0: well, if not only... coming from the guy that didn't watch overtime? <laughs> Mr. Watch the Game. <laughs> it's off.
1: <laughs> Listen, you try watching games while you're at work, all right?
0: i got to write my blogs when I'm at work. Oh, you get to watch the games at night time. I was actually changing a poopy diaper during overtime one when Kessel was doing all that crazy stuff.
1: Lucky you didn't get she, shit she was, everywhere. She was, not,
0: she was not thrilled with me. <laughs> She's like, would you put this damn thing on already? I'm going back to bed. Nope. Um,
1: That's how Kessel scores.
0: So you we you your hypothesis here is that Alice would struggle on Malkin. Um, the flip, he side, could the with flip side as well. The flip side to this. Anybody versus Hansey. Oh. I don't I don't I can't do it anymore. I don't wanna I'm not at like Rob Scuderi levels, but I'm not not <laughs> <laughs> I sit there I just
1: I'll do it again. Ugh. I just don't. Yeah, I'm
0: at a loss for words. He kills so many plays. It's either buried in his end, icing, or there's no controlled plays. I
1: don't... I don't know what player they were expecting to
0: get off that trade because... It pairing, couldn't pairing, fine. It couldn't have been this. He's second leading time on ice. In game seven. What the fuck is going on?
1: Hey, he was only a minus four for the game shot
0: differential. Yeah, he was worse the worst on the team. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Justin but, Schultz uh, being the best defenseman. And he's, he hasn't even played in like two weeks. Justin Schultz, man. Fucking Edmonton. <laughs> Should have held on to Schultz till they got Conor McDavid.
1: Yeah, knee-jerk moves. clef um,
0: Clefbaum shorts would have been a, a good... Could have been pairing. awesome. They and, might have been able to kill. Taylor. All. Still yeah. All. Funny how that um, works.
1: What was I was going to say? He's going to be expensive. I know he's an RFA. It'll be interesting to see whether he wants to just get a decent raise and stay or whether he wants to really hike it up.
0: That's part of trading matter.
1: Yes. I
0: Yeah. I'd give him four to four point five i don't know maybe he gets five it's it's a really tough one he's had a he's had a really miserable sample in edmonton and since he's been in pittsburgh i had you know i had reservations because he was in that sheltered role from the trade deadline to the end of the run last year but with Litang out i mean he's held his own
1: if is five million too much to pay for a second pairing defense?
0: No, 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 it is not. But I can't, I can't go seven years or something like that. It's got to no, be three or four. Yeah, like if you want the five, I'll give you three or four years because he's still young. Yeah, he's twenty-six. I mean, yeah, so I would do four times five. I think, and I know that's pushing it. But Skidderi's off. Kunitz will probably. Well, Kunitz at 3.75 is definitely the thing of the past. Um, Daly's gone. Flurry's contract will be gone. There is room to have that. And quite frankly, Dumoulin, you know, I don't know what he thinks he's getting, but he ain't a $5 million. You better come better than the offensive production that you come with and the possession better be freaking out of this world without offensive production. And it, and it hasn't been no, he's just
1: a it's, number four, really who got to coattail it on a, a very good number one.
0: I don't want to say coattail <laughs> cause they played well together, but
1: you know what I mean though? Yeah, it's yeah. He's, he's not a total product of the player he plays with, but he certainly benefits from playing with it.
0: How could you not? Well,
1: Exactly. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard not to look at what this team might look like next year because all the major pieces will be there again. There's a couple of interesting decisions that need to be made. and
0: I don't know. There's going to be a lot of turnover, to be honest. Daly, Hainsey, um Cullen, Benino, Kunitz.
1: Mata. <laughs> Mata.
0: Flurry. Flurry. Hornquist. Maybe. You got Aston Reese coming up, you got uh Rust, Kessel, Gensel, Shiri all playing kinda top nine right wing, could could play top nine right wing? There's, they've got
1: they've got it's it's funny, like all the key pieces are there. They're they're not going to move. It comes down to do you trust this front office with what I consider a lot of the brains gone. To manipulate this roster to keep it active again, whether they win or lose this year, to keep this roster together to have another crack at it going deep again, and I just,
0: I I'm know, we'll at a loss.
1: Yeah, we probably won't know for four or five years how much influence Butterill really had, to be honest.
0: I think it increased after 2014-15.
1: Yeah. And it'll be really interesting to see what direct, what type of players they draft, where they draft them from, what type well, they, of... Uh, Baderill just poached uh,
0: the top amateur scout, Randy Suston. Yeah, and it's what, what and the players... the was better after he came yep. on. Or what got promoted. Of,
1: or, uh, and what type of players do they grab from, you know, UFAs that didn't get drafted, those sorts of things. That's where this Pittsburgh team... Has gotten further in the plot, ignore the goalie thing, but finding that cheap depth to fill out the roster with skill rather than you know Maxim Le Perrier and and um, Craig Adams, those sorts of guys, moving away from that and finding cheap young depth skill that can move up the lineup as they get a little more experienced. I mean, you look at Gensel is a, is another example of that. So
0: look at last night, Cherry and Kunitz were fourth liners. By the end of the yeah. game, they're on the ice for the game-winning goal in overtime with Sid, because they—that's yeah. the definition of moving up and down the lineup.
1: Yeah, you can't do that with a Craig Adams type player. So as soon as you start seeing players like that come back onto the roster, change the general manager.
0: Well, it, 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 it probably won't. I, I don't think they'll do that. I don't think it. I don't think he's a buffoon. I'm not going to go there with it. I think he learned uh, some lessons from that year compared to what's been going on lately.
1: I, as a Penguins fan, I hope I'm wrong and I hope you're right. So. Because Sid and Geno are going to be good
0: for a few more years yet. Yeah, they seem to be okay still.
1: anything else for this one
0: nope i think um i think we've exhausted uh our preview here it's going to be fun talking about the actual games the games will be monday wednesday and for fuck's sake saturday for some reason
1: i get one weekend game out of this entire set i get one game i can watch which is the... Yeah, but sun. you're in the
0: future. You know who wins before we do. Yeah, but I can
1: never gamble on them.
0: <laughs> it is stupid, though. Especially, like, Nashville and Pittsburgh's like a 90-minute flight.
1: Yeah, the extra travel die in the middle there is just uh, a little baffling.
0: So, we'll have to deal with it. I dealt with it last year. God, I hate filling articles with... Like... For some of the writers at the newspapers, that they, they do the human interest stuff, they have access to the players. Like the, that's a perfect day, to, filler days to do stuff like that. That's that's not what I do. <laughs> so for me, no. it's like, what the fuck? How, what way can I not be a complete dickhead while criticizing Ron Hainsey today? <laughs> well, don't even worry about it. Just do it. Nah, it gets old and tiring to say the same thing over again differently.
1: Except yeah, for a certain okay. third line
0: center, I never got that never got old for me. <laughs> I prided myself on finding different things for that one.
1: Uh, must feel nice at times when you go. See, told ya.
0: Yeah, the Murray thing. <laughs> Okay Well, we won't ramble anymore. HockeyHertz Patreon.com com slash hockeyhertz at Walshy sixty six at hockey underscore hurts at Gunnerstall Hockeybuzz dot for penguins articles. Not just penguins, but um Paul McCann does the Nashville blog and um there should be interesting stuff from from some of the writers heading into the expansion draft and stuff. So it's not not just for me. I mean, you know, not every writer is going to, you know, tickle your fancy the right way. Um, But there's a (laughs) a lot of good talent there that you can come and visit. And come for mine, stay for others, is what I'm saying. There's a plug. You're welcome. Wesley, Okay. Well... I don't know when the next uh, one of these will be. Maybe Tuesday after game one, maybe after game two. Your guess is as good as ours. We never know. We are so organized. (laughs) All right. Enjoy the Stanley Cup final. Congratulations to both the Pittsburgh Penguins and Nashville Predators. should be fun. Go Penguins! See ya.